Welcome to Bellwether Friends, definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna and my pronouns are she and her. I'm Aline and my pronouns are she and her. Every couple of weeks we get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. This is episode number 104, Romantic Comedies, part two. <laughs> the return. I saw Hot Shots Part Deux in the theater. Oh, not a romantic comedy. Okay. As far as I remember. No. Not much of a comedy. Ooh, sick bird. <sighs> we, last episode, episode 103, we reviewed BuzzFeed's list of the 150 best romantic comedies, some of which were neither romantic nor comedic. Uh, and we decided that we had so much to say about other movies that weren't on the list that we should stop after an hour and a half and start a whole new episode. So here we are. Back at you. Coming back at you with a whole bunch of other names of movies that we like better than a lot of the movies on the BuzzFeed list. Uh, I don't think it was a BuzzFeed list. uh, Sorry, Rotten Tomatoes list. You know what I'm saying. I just... Know that it wasn't BuzzFeed. <laughs> I know, I know. It would be better if it was BuzzFeed, is what your face is saying to me. Any of the movies that we're mentioning today, we are going to recommend over anything directed by Woody Allen, for example. We're not necessarily saying these are better movies than the ones that we discussed. There were many movies on that list that were on our personal lists of best romantic comedies, we're not going to rehash that because we did talk about it when we were talking about them. We were like, ooh, this is a favorite of mine. So you already have that info. Today is for the things that were not on that list and that we hold very dear to our hearts. We have not done all of the research on where these are available right now. You might have to do some of that, but they will all be listed in the show notes. So you don't have to make note of the titles. You just might have to dig deeper to find out where you can get your hands on them. A lot of them may be available at your local public library on DVD. Some of them might be on Netflix. Some of them might be illegally streaming on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, the public library has a lot of them for sure. Yeah. Far be it for me to suggest you go to the library. (laughs) We don't really promote that very often. So, shall we get down to it? Yes, let's get started. Hey, hey. Where would you like to start? Well, I would like to start with a category of romantic comedies that include quests. There is something about mystery or a heist or a quest that I like, and... For some people, The Princess Bride might be an example. And I have several on my list. It was sort of where I started finding what I really loved. And the oldest one is Charade with Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. It is from 1962 or 1964. I don't remember. And our internet is out because there's been a windstorm all day long. So we may have some bad references that we can't fact check right away. Charade is a hilarious and romantic thriller. Yeah, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. 
it's it's a really great movie and it's got great music and it's got great clothes and it's got great romance and it's got a scary thriller thing going on too. Yep. And I also like Romancing the Stone. I love Romancing the Stone. Joan Wilder. The Joan Wilder. Just Joan Wilder. <laughs> Yeah, it's really great. It's a movie that I watched multiple times with my mom in the 80s, and we enjoyed The Duel of the Nile, the sequel. Yes, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still good. Yes, and Joan Wilder, the central character, is played by Kathleen Turner, and the she's dude... She's a romance novelist. She's a romance <laughs> novelist, and the dude is Michael Douglas, but it's it was the early 80s. They were both kind of sexy at the time. Yeah, that's a hot one. I love it. There are... A couple others. American Dreamer is a very little-known movie starring Jo Beth Williams and Tom Conti, and she is a frustrated housewife who secretly writes fic. And her favorite writer is this grand dom of mysteries, and she enters a contest, basically wins a contest with her fic, and gets to fly to Paris to meet her idol her idol (laughs) and she is mugged and she falls down and hits her head and she wakes up thinking she is the character in her idol series and hilarity ensues right i watched this with you it's so much fun it's hard to find i think that you can probably get it from the library i don't think it's streaming it's it's old it's from the early 80s it's so funny and so fun, and the outfits are very dynasty, and it's fun. I also have Desperately Seeking Susan, <laughs> which I've mentioned which before. Which had no impact on you at all. I love Desperately Seeking Susan, starring Madonna, and Aiden Quinn, and Rosanna Arquette, and Jimmy, I don't remember the actor's name, Robert Foy, maybe? It's funny and hilarious and it has a quest and it's set in New York which is a thing that I like and I think that Scott Pilgrim versus the world has these duels where he has to fight all of his romantic interests ex-boyfriends it kind of works that way for me too I haven't seen the movie I read most of the books how librarianly of you I know right I like Michael Sarah more than you do that's probably true. The girl in it is awesome. I, I mean, her character is awesome. So the, that makes sense. The actor who plays her is awesome. So that's a segment of mine. I would also put Zombieland in here. Because <laughs> it's a romantic comedy, but they are trying to outrun the zombie apocalypse. It's Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone are the romantic people. And they're trying to get to Pacific Playland where the zombies are not going to be. And it's basically a road movie with Twinkies and Woody Harrelson. And zombies. And zombies and gunplay and Bill Murray. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm sure I'm surprised that it hasn't been showing up on the list of best romantic comedies <laughs> and top romantic comedies and romantic comedies you may have missed. Yeah, it is shocking, really. So I have a few that I'm going to mention that are in this line. There is a central mystery in the movie, so I made an axe murderer. 
featuring yes. Mike Myers and Nancy Travis. Thank you. I was I about to forget her name. I love her. She appears to have maybe murdered all of her ex-husbands. No one is sure until the end what the real story is. You know I have to say it. Nancy Travis is luminous. <laughs> luminous. <laughs> the movie Gross Point Blank. The central conceit is that John Cusack is an assassin who has been sent to kill someone. But when he goes back home, he reconnects with Minnie Driver. I love Gross Point Blank. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't think we've ever watched it together. We're going to need to watch it together. You're going to add it to the list of things we're going to watch? These are my words. You're crazy. <laughs> yes, I think I'm going to add it right now. I'm drawing an arrow across the page. And to segue us into another category, I am going to say Miss Congeniality, featuring Sandra Bullock. We're going into the Sandra Bullock sidebar, for yeah, those of sidebar. you who like Sandra Bullock. So Miss Congeniality is heavier on the quest, which is figuring out who is going to bomb the Miss United States pageant or whatever. She's beauty and, and she's, she's grace. grace. She's, she's Miss United, United States. William Shatner is brilliant. Candace Bergen is brilliant. It's Candace a, got a great the, cast. Benjamin Bratz, cute as a bug. Right. Well, who's her mentor? British guy. Sassy. Mean. Renowned actor. Michael Caine. Thank you. <laughs> she was just looking at me and getting less and less patient when it's her favorite movie, <laughs> not mine. Not my favorite. Took Gross me a while is my to favorite. come up with Michael Caine. Okay. I'm so sorry, everyone. So that one, the, the romance between her and Benjamin Bratt is mm, minimal or minimally believable, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. So other Sandra Bullock movies, the, the, the list that we consulted did have While You Were Sleeping. It would have been a travesty otherwise, but it did not have Two Weeks Notice in which she is the lawyer of Hugh Grant's um, selfish business tycoon, and she quits, and then he realizes he's in love with her. Or The Proposal, which has got some problematic parts, <laughs> but it has our boyfriend, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it is a laundry-folding movie for sure. It, it really is. And you just ignore the part where Betty White is in the woods doing Indian dances. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. I think that's... I think Is that that's, it for the Sandra Bullock got, sidebar? Um, <laughs> oh, no. Because Ocean's 8... Right. Movies that should be romantic comedies that that you ship the major characters and they clearly ship each other. It's just that the script has not given us an overt I love you. So Ocean's 8... <laughs> Ocean's 8, definitely. Is a, a story about how Sandra Bullock is trying to get together with Kate Blanchett, or get back together with Kate Blanchett, by showing her how she, good she is at robbing places. Okay. Just like Bennett Like Beckham should be about Kira Knightley and Jess Parmendernagra. I think that's her name. It should be about their characters, and what's his name, who played Henry VIII? Should not be involved in this romantic... <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers. Triangle. Right. Well, it's wrong anyway, because isn't he, like, a coach person? He is a coach person. Yeah, and that's I, bad I read something that said the romance was supposed to be between them and not between Henry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of them, or both of them. 
And the other one we had, which may have been mentioned last time, was Bring It On, where the romance is really between Missy, a.k.a. Eliza Dushku, and I forget the main blonde characters. Kirsten Dunst. I was going to say, I forget her character name. I can almost see the scene in the movie where they Topanga! Like, no. <laughs> That's different. Anyway, Kirsten Dunst, but her brother... Fresno. Doesn't she have a name that's she's geographic? She's an interesting name. We have no internet. Yeah, city name. Torrance. t t torrance Okay, so I know you have movies to contribute in the romantic comedies that have been mislabeled. Right, and I would say the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Mostly hot fuzz, but... The World's End and Shaun of the Dead could also constitute it. And Shaun of the Dead is definitely a romantic comedy. It's got romance and comedy at the end. Okay. I mean, it has a happily ever after. Right. There's lots of death, but not the central characters. Well, then we're fine. Yeah, we're totally fine. So our next category, I think we could do super old classic is what I'm going to go with super old classic and just throw out a couple here that I liked. And one of the things that is challenging in super old movies is that you have, on that last list, there was Roman Holiday, where Gregory Peck is like 60 and Audrey Hepburn is like 22, and they are romantic interests. Right. So that continues to be problematic in some of these. And so like Funny Face, that's problematic, but there's so much joy and beauty in Funny Face that I can't not mention it. And... Father Goose is one in which Cary Grant Grant. is this grizzled old boatsman and Leslie Caron is this governess who gets shipwrecked or something. I can't remember the premise of it, but I watched it so many times. And my mom and I, like, went to the encyclopedia to look up the birth years of these people because this was before we had Wikipedia. And we were outraged and we still liked these movies but right after father goose or maybe right before father goose was walk don't run in which jim hutton timothy hutton's dad is an olympic speedwalker, and they are like in the tokyo olympics and cary grant is his coach and it's, i do not know this one you need to write it down and i don't know why it, there's a girl in it and so it's a romantic comedy oh, okay good but so it's um, not about uh hutton and grant it's not it? about jim hutton and Cary grant although it should be but Cary grant is like helping him with the romance he's not sarah knowing it but it's it's cute and funny and i think that you would like it and it's an olympics movie So I don't know why it's not on your list. And then I also have the Thin Man movies with William Powell and Myrna Loy, which are hilarious and funny and glittering. And there is a mystery in each one because they're solving mysteries, but they are a couple and they're funny and they drink martinis. I have Singing in the Rain, which is... That's a musical. Yeah, but at its heart, it's funny and it's a romance and they end up together. Okay, I discounted musicals when I was compiling my list, so it's possible something will occur to me that I'm going to want to include. That's fine. This is just one that I Mm -hmm. watched repeatedly. I think for the romance, probably like I watched The Sound of Music with a, a song in my heart for Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. 
But in this case, it is a, a funny movie as well as a romance. So, <laughs> Do you have super old classics besides Singing in the Rain? Hmm, nope. I have another sidebar. <laughs> Every If I have more than two movies in a category, then it becomes, a, it sidebar. becomes a sidebar. Okay. How about just another category then? So I have another category, which is the wacky woman upends the life of the buttoned-down dude. And in this category, you will have After Hours with Griffin Dunn, and I don't remember who, because this has got a quest thing, and it might not have a romance, but it does have a romance. I think there might be an Arquette in it, maybe Rosanna. And Something Wild with Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels. Okay. This is also sort of an 80s thing. Uh, What about Overboard? Does that... Yeah, Overboard is very much it. Yeah, Overboard is very much in that category. After Hours is set in New York City, like between two and six a.m. When that's what the After Hours is, and it's it's wild and cool. And I'm also going to add in Who's That Girl with Madonna and Griffin Dunn, which is a cute romantic comedy. I love a song from it that maybe will be my musical obsession today. And that sums up the wacky women upending the button-down dude. Do you have any other categories? Yes, I have a million other categories. Really? With multiple movies in each category? Yes, the largest of which is the gay and lesbian category. Gay and lesbian category! So, in the 150 movies from... Rotten Tomatoes, not BuzzFeed. (laughs) We encountered a couple of movies in which lesbians were dating men or bisexual people were experimenting and then going back to men or whatever. So I thought it would be good if we had some romantic comedies that were about women who end up together. I don't know. It's just throwing it out there. There's not a lot of that out there. There's not a lot. And... Quality level is sometimes not as high as you would like, but goals are for there to be a lot more to choose from at some point in the future. So, But I'm a Cheerleader is the teen version in which Natasha Leon is sent to D-Gang camp along with a variety of other An awesome teens. cast of characters. And one of the counselors is RuPaul. Yes. One of uh, her love interest is Clea Duval. Thank you. So that's a classic. The movie Jeffrey, which I have not seen for a long time, written by Paul Rudnick. Jeffrey in the AIDS crisis is determined not to fall in love with anyone because it's dangerous. This is a trope that I like. The person determined not to fall in love. Right, and he's played like it. by the guy who narrated it when I listened to it. Stephen Weber. Thank you. <laughs> but it has a gay Patrick Stewart character, I'm, I am, as I recall. I am your IMDb, your you offline are. IMDb. Thank you. I'm going to say that Debs, that's D period E period <laughs> B period S, is a romantic comedy. It's about the secret test inside the SAT that decides whether or not you would be good spy material. And uh, it's about the girl who gets the perfect score on the test and the master criminal, Lucy Diamond. It's just such a good movie. If you haven't seen Debs, it's one of my favorite lesbian movies of all time. So Lucy Diamond is played by... 
Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster from the Fast and the Furious movies. Yep. And Amy is played by a blonde girl. The blonde woman who is the cr- criminal, the, the accused in Legally Blonde. No. No? Wrong. Never mind. But close. But Holland Taylor is the head of the school, oh and my Michael God. Clark Duncan is involved oh my God. somehow. It doesn't matter. It's, it's so fun much movie. fun. This is a movie that I hand sell at the library <laughs> every time someone's like, some oh, someone's like, funny. I'm just looking for something fun. I'm like, well, there how you do go. you feel about gay teenage spies? Yes, in the vein of romantic comedy about a couple who meet. When one of them is involved with someone else, Imagine Me and You oh my God. has Piper Pirabo seeing Lena Headey as she's going down the aisle to get married, basically. Yeah. And uh, so there are parts of it that are sobering, <laughs> but it is still a romantic comedy, I would say. Yeah. And Lena Headey's outfits, man. Uh, it's in the water I made Aline watch with me it is very silly with serious parts it involves a romance for a Uh, the junior league the junior league there's like a junior league woman whose high school junior high best friend comes back to town and she's like well hi and so uh, she ends up leaving her husband and torching her Life, but it's still funny <laughs> somehow. And there's a subplot where dudes get together as well. So everyone has something. And it's called It's in the Water because there's a rumor started in this small southern town that the water is turning people gay. I think that there is something to be said here. Anna said there aren't enough queer comedies out there, romantic comedies. And you'll see that there are people turning queer or people being punished for being queer in the lexicon. And we are eager to find the romantic comedy that is like friends, but they're all queer ladies. And or, they yeah, or, or, are talking or about their lives. And, and I don't know. We've seen some coming feelings, out ones that no, were pretty I bad. They are not the main focus. They're just okay, like right, yeah. women who know they already like women. And then they fall in love with someone. And they can have obstacles. That's fine. The best thing about Debs is that Amy falls in love with Lucy. But it's not that she's a woman that's a problem. It's because she's a master criminal. That's the issue. <laughs> such a nuisance when they're a master criminal. Um, so the last one on my list is Saving Face, which I've talked about before on this podcast. It is set in New York. It is Asian ladies. One of them is a ballerina, one of them is a doctor, and the doctor is not out to her mom, who has become mysteriously pregnant. Anyway, hijinks ensue. Joan Chen is the mom. It's a good movie. I like it a lot. It is good. I enjoyed it very much. Carry on. What have you got? So I don't have other categories, I don't think. I have one category that is my Aunt Lynn. And I love my Aunt Lynn. I watched a lot of movies at her house, movies that I wasn't allowed to watch that I am certain that she had cleared with my mom. But they were things that I wasn't allowed to watch at home. And I would spend a week with her in the summer, and we would rent all the movies that I wanted to see. And we would get in her 
MG convertible and drive to the video store and then drive home and watch movies. These are later than that interval in my life, but because I am still in touch with her, <laughs> since she is my aunt, I know that she loves Jennifer Lopez and she loves Kate Hudson, neither of whom I have a proper appreciation for. But Lynn will watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Raising Helen as many times as you will let her. And I have been known to fold laundry to one or both of those movies. And they both star Kate Hudson. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days has Matthew McConaughey, who is a totally inexplicable romantic hero to me. And I don't remember... Oh, the dude in Raising Helen is Chris in the Morning. So, John Corbett, for those of you who know people's names. And so, also on the Jennifer Lopez side of things is The Wedding Planner and Made in Manhattan. And one of them has Ray Fine as the dude. And yeah, I don't remember which one. I don't remember which one either. But both of these are decent romantic comedies. They do what they're supposed to do. And they were not on the master lists. They were not on very many of the li other lists that I perused. I may put some more lists in the show notes, things that I scrolled through to jog my memory. They have places in my heart because of my Aunt Lynn. I have a couple of other categories. One of them is... Movies I watched repeatedly with my high school friends. Oh, okay. So among them are French Kiss <laughs> with Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein as a Frenchman. Bub. And, you know, I hate Paris in the springtime <laughs> and so on. And, and in the same vein, only you. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Wish you were here. Only you with Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. is set in Italy rather than France. So this is like a cross... Atlantic. Western European romantic comedy right. action. And I that one has Bonnie Hunt as the sidekick. I don't remember much about it, except that Marissa Tomei thinks she's in love with some person that she hasn't met, and she meets Robert Downey Jr. and is smitten, but she thinks she's supposed to be with someone else. It is super cute. As far as I remember, it's been a long time. I also watched Mrs. Winterbourne many times. Ricky Lake. And Brendan Fraser, I think. What? I don't remember. I mean, I just I just can see Ricky Lake's face on the poster. Right. So it's been a long time since I even thought about. I think she's faking widowhood, like while you were sleeping. Something. You know, Shirley she... MacLaine is the like matriarch. I don't remember much about it. I just watched it a lot. <laughs> okay. And I also watched Sweet Home Alabama more than once. This is a this is in a later period, but that's Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas. They are married, and she has to come back from her New York fashion job to Alabama to, like, make him sign the divorce papers. But will they really get divorced? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Oh, one of my all-time favorite movies, speaking of Olympic set movies, is The Cutting Edge. Topic. Which we haven't seen the two sequels to... Yet maybe we watch we one of them. Watch them. I don't think we watch both of them. I but watch I will them watch when we were watching things via FaceTime. We watched a bunch of the Bring It Ons. It's already been brought in. I watched. Did we watch all the Step Up movies? No, I haven't watched any of them. Huh. It's a future episode. But the <laughs> Cutting Edge. I will watch any iteration of athletes forced into different sports to work together to become a team and fall in love. It's great. G.B. Sweeney is great as a hockey player whose injuries make him become a figure skater. 
He is. It is the Cutting Edge is a perfect movie. Toe pick. At the same era as Sweet Home Alabama was Serendipity with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. In New York City. In New York City. I like it. I haven't watched it with you. I liked it a lot. I saw it in the theater. It was wonderful. And then one of the things that I read about it when we were preparing for this episode was like, John Cusack is able to like make it work with no support from the script or something like something that. Like it, was, that. It, was, it was something there kind was of some, scathing. There's some like message in a book and a book sale on the street of New York. Well, they meet serendipitously. And they're supposed to be together, but they are like, nice to meet you, and they move on with their lives, but they keep crossing paths, and they're, like, forced together by (gasps) serendipity. Serendipity. Uh, Other ones I just want to mention, Deliver Us from Ava with LL Cool J and Gabrielle Union, where he has been hired to romance her so that her sisters can be free. Or Wait, this is like 10 things I hate about you. Because the uh, Kate situation, is, okay. don't you remember? Anyway. No, I don't remember. I know I've seen it. We just it, watched but it we last th- year. Did we really? Yeah. Nice. It's it's very nice. I think it uh, doesn't get enough credit. Can't Hardly Wait has uh, several romances in it, but I just remember the one with Seth Green and the girl who was in the funeral family... Depressing red hair. Really? Yeah. A six feet under. I can't remember her name. Claire was her character name, maybe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So there was, they were together, and then uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt or some other brunette with large eyes. A brunette with large eyes. I don't remember. Anyway, that one is like one of your teen ones. To All the Boys I Loved Before, which we've talked about on this podcast numerous times. I don't think it was in the Rotten Tomatoes list, was it? I don't think so. Lauren Ambrose is That's the redhead. That's what her name is. So, To All the Boys I Loved Before should obviously be on anyone's list. And I just have a few more recent ones. We did watch Set It Up. Off of Netflix. Yeah, we liked that okay. Yeah, it was fine. It was two assistants who are trying to make their lives easier by setting their bosses up. It was Jennifer Love Hewitt in Can't Hardly Wait. Who else is in it? Oh, Peter Fascinelli. Charlie Corsmo. And what, one that we just watched in the theater, Isn't It Romantic? With Rebel Wilson and, and Adam Devine. Good job. I can never remember his name. I just call him Bumper. Also known as Fat Amy and Bumper. <laughs> the best part about Isn't It Romantic was that the people have clearly watched a lot of romantic comedies and they are attacking slash addressing some of the tropes that we all find so irritating, like head-on. Yeah, it's it's really great. If you like romantic comedies, you should see it for sure. Even if you were like, ah, because we were like, ah, and we went to see it. I don't remember how we went to see it. We were just sort of like, we're going to see it. Yeah. And we really liked it. I have some, some scattered things with no through line that I'm just going to throw out. There is Intolerable Cruelty with George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones, who are two so stunningly beautiful people that it doesn't really matter what they do. I think that she's a crime and he's a, a law. A time. <laughs> and I don't know if... Or, well, I think I don't, that's out of sight. No, it's the other way around. No, yeah. Oh my gosh, out of sight. Talk about a quest romantic comedy with Jennifer Lopez 
and George Clooney. We didn't even talk about that. Quick, write it down in your little book. In my little book. And Love and Basketball, which is not very comedic, but it has light moments. You're making a face. No, it's on our list of things to watch together, because I haven't seen it for, like, 10 to 15 years. I haven't seen it since it came out. I think I saw it in the theater. So I'm not equipped to say if it's... Well, so enough, but they end up together, and the final scene is him and their little girl watching her play, play a WNBA, WNBA game, right. which is we haven't talked about like tropes, right. but oh my god, the epilogue like that is the best. The holiday with Jude Law and Cameron Kate, Diaz Kate Winslet. and Kate Winslet and Jack Black. Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz do a house swap. And they fall in love with people at their house swaps over Christmas. And I have folded mountains of laundry to this movie. And I love it. It is sweet and beautiful and charming. And Jack Black is a movie score dude. And there's this old actor dude who is the neighbor of Cameron Diaz, who Kate Winslet, like, befriends. There's so much, like, cute nonsense about it. And Cameron Diaz's house in L.A. is amazing. And Kate Winslet's cottage in England is also amazing. And it's real cute. I also have on here Earth Girls Are Easy with Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum from the 80s. Down With Love with Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor set in the 60s. Cute and funny. A Lot Like Love, Ashton Kutcher and Amanda Peet in the 90s in New York. It's a Friends with Benefits kind of thing that predates those two Friends with Benefits movies that came out right (laughs) next to each other that are not on any of these lists. And sort of on the topic of a time loop, which we haven't talked about, but we probably will soon, is Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler uh, and Drew Barrymore, which she has a memory problem where every morning she wakes up having forgotten what's happened. She remembers her life up to a point, but she doesn't remember anything else that happens after that. And Adam Sandler has to figure out how to woo her afresh every single day. Well, on that same note, there is Groundhog Day, wherein Bill Murray (sighs) spends 33 years, apparently. The Andy McDowell problem. Right, the Andy McDowell (laughs) is interchangeable with Fox Mulder in terms of history's greatest acting robot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So do we want to talk about any tropes? Um, You already said you liked people who are determined not to fall in love trope, but do you have a favorite romantic comedy on the screen trope that you like? I mean, I know that we like fake dating. I love fake dating. And and some of this stuff comes out like when we watch Hallmark and Lifetime movies over the holidays. Like, there's there's some overlap here. They're not usually that funny. (laughs) (laughs) No. So let's think about romantic comedy tropes. I like fake dating. I like... I like... Things that are not just about the romance, like the quest ones you're talking about, or the mysteries. Like, the cutting edge, I like because it's about the Olympics and winning a gold medal, and also sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you like any other things? 
I'm looking at my list. I like lesbians. <laughs> really? That's a trope that I like. <laughs> I'm for lesbians. I really want, and maybe people listening to this episode can give us recommendations, but I want to see romantic comedies that don't have white people in them in the main roles. So that's not exactly a trope. That's just like a, a desire. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians was really great. It really was. I don't know if I have any more tropes. So we want to hear from you what we have left off of this list between these two episodes. We may do a future episode where we talk about the movies that we put on our to-watch list. Which is a long which one. Which is a long one, but we've already crossed off sliding doors. Yes. Woo! <laughs> well, I didn't mention sliding doors. It wasn't on the 150 list. Yeah, and I think it was. Was it? Otherwise, it wouldn't be on the to-watch list. Oh, right. Yeah. I liked sliding doors. Yeah, it was good. So we may do a future episode on that, but our next episode coming up is most likely to be a TV watch bracket as March is roaring toward us. Ooh, TV bracket. I know, right? So speaking of television and music, do you have have a musical obsession? My musical obsession is Gotta Get Up from the show Russian Doll. By Harry Nilsson. Yep. Yes, she's been playing it, and it plays a lot in Russian Doll, because Russian Doll has a repeating theme in it. My musical obsession is Causing a Commotion by Madonna from the Who's That Girl soundtrack. This is a genuine obsession. I love this song. You have been repeatedly obsessed with it in our acquaintance. I sing it sometimes. You cause a commotion. Do you have a regular obsession, I do. It is... Also, I think, a romantic comedy called What Men Want. Oh, Taraji. It was a romantic comedy. It showed up on a list that I was looking at today. Oh, I'm glad. So we watched What Men Want with Taraji P. Henson in the lead, a very cute man as her love interest. She goes to a bachelorette party and she (laughs) drinks a concoction made for her by Erica Erica Badu. (laughs) And suddenly she can hear the thoughts of Ben. And she is a sports agent for Lisa Leslie and Serena Williams and all the awesomest sports stars. But she is trying to make it, uh, make partner in this like white male dominated sports agency organization. And this movie has a lot to say about gender roles in the workplace, roles of men and women. It is not cruel to anyone it is not it has a super cute sub romance between her gay assistant and one of the other agents (laughs) yeah i really liked it it was a lot of fun you might remember the version of it from the 90s and no i never watched it it's way better if you and it doesn't have mel gibson in it so right but it's it's funny and it's good and it's right it's generous yeah it was really fun i liked it a lot i would totally purchase it for this household yeah i would definitely watch you fold laundry to it <laughs> are uh, you obsessed with anything i am obsessed with pip sticks if you don't know what pip sticks is zoom tight. it it is a monthly sticker subscription now, I signed up for Pip Sticks shortly after Christmas, and I waited until today to get my first shipment when I got two shipments 
in the same day. I don't know what happened with my first shipment, but it did arrive, and I now have two packets <clears throat> of exciting stickers. We have two packets of exciting <laughs> stickers, don't right, we? Right. I got this subscription as a holiday gift to our household. It is not just mine, but it's awesome, and if you are like us in need of stickers <laughs> for your bullet journal. How can you even say that with a straight face? For your face? life. I can't do anything with a straight face. Right. I encourage you to check out their website or to check out my Instagram feed soon because I will probably take some pictures of some of the stickers. And you, too, can join at pipsticks.com. P-I-P-S-T-I-C-K-S. We have not been given anything... For this plug, <laughs> we have not. This is a free. This is free advertising for them. And if you would like to get fifty percent off the first month of any subscription, you can use discount code STK two zero one zero. That came with my shipment, and I share it with y'all. Well, I think we made it to the end of our show. We did. We're awesome. Thank you for listening. Gotta get up. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Bellwether Friends, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. If you want, you can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review because uh, you like us, and that helps other people find us. I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. And our internet music was provided by Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye! Bye.